0: This is the Oceans Church podcast, where we believe in connecting people to Jesus, the one who changes it all. To learn more about Oceans, view upcoming events, or find info about ways to give, please visit oceanschurch.org. Thanks for visiting the podcast. Enjoy today's message. Uh, My name is Michael. Um, I get the blessing of being the lead pastor here and leading this beautiful body of believers each week in, in God's word. And Uh, If this is your first time with us, we know that it takes a whole lot of courage to walk through the doors of a brand new church. And uh, for that, we honor you. Oceans, can we make our first time guests feel welcome? When you walked in, you should have received a connect card. I would encourage you, if this is your first time, to fill that out. And outside of these front doors, there's a a connections tent. They would love to meet you. If you hand this in, they got a free gift for you. And we just love to be able to connect you to what God is doing here at Oceans. We exist as a church for one reason, and that is to connect people to Jesus, the one that changes it all. And so our, our, our heart is to lead people from where they are to where God wants them to be. And I don't know about you, but each of us has a step, another step to take in our walk with Christ. And for you, it may be just making a commitment to receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time. For you, it, may be, um, it might be getting water baptized or uh, being discipled or learning how to read the Bible. And so we wanna partner with you in your journey of faith uh, to be able to help you on that next step, amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, we're in this, uh, well, before that, who's ready for Thanksgiving? Yeah? You guys like, you guys ready? How many are like pre-gaming it? You got like the the stretchy pants ready, right? How many's doing, how many's only doing one uh, Thanksgiving this week? Just one Thanksgiving. Oh man, you guys are quitters, man. How many are doing two? How many are doing two Thanksgivings? How about three Thanksgivings? Ah, well, hey, listen, we're doing uh, a a, a church Friendsgiving at four o'clock today. And so um, if you haven't made a Thanksgiving meal yet, hey, listen, Fresh Market and other places like that have meals on the go. So meet us here at four o'clock. We're just gonna do a Friendsgiving together. It's gonna be an awesome time of just connecting with one another. We'd love to sit around the table and eat with you. I'm personally really excited about Thanksgiving Actually, my wife is even more excited. This is her favorite holiday. She doesn't allow me to put up the Christmas tree uh, until Thanksgiving is done, and I love uh, Christmas. Uh, And so, like, Black Friday, that tree is going up, baby. But, like, she's like, no Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Like, no Christmas tree, right? Like, for those that... Because it's her, it's her favorite holiday. She just believes that the sixth love language is food. And she, she just lives that way. But I'm excited because we're having my parents come down from Pennsylvania. And our son Alexander and Casey coming up from Tampa. And it's going to be awesome. And, and so Thursday we're doing Thanksgiving with Jamie's family. In Panama City, all together with my parents as well. And then Friday, we're going to do a Greek Thanksgiving. We make amazing Greek food. My mother's bringing down two big leg of lambs and spenacopera and moussaka and uh, domaras and uh, spenacopera. Did I say spenacopera? I love it so much I say it twice. And some baklava. And so I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know about what you guys are having probably going to just have turkey. I don't really like turkey because it tastes like it never drank water in its life. It's always dry. (laughs) Nevertheless, I digress. Hey, listen, we are in a a series called Worship Culture. This is week three. And uh, this, this series has been all about looking at worship from a different angle than what we think that worship is. Many of us, when we hear the word worship, we think about what we just did in a corporate setting, singing songs, lyrics on the screens, listening to some music, maybe just lifting your hands, uh, maybe like, maybe, you know, shaking it a little bit, you know, like maybe moving your body a little bit, like that's your worship. Okay. Yeah, that is worship. Right. And there's, uh, there's many different ways to worship but I want to look at worship as an entire life experience that everything, every component in our life is an element of worship and, and so the ideal the idea that um, that all of life is worship, I believe is the idea that God had when he Talks about worship. Worship is when we give our deepest affection and highest praise to something or someone we can easily see that we live in a culture of worship. We see that people worship material possessions. We, we worship movie stars. We worship all these celebrities. We worship ourselves, hello. We, 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 we gotta post more selfies of ourselves, right? And we have to you know, let everybody admire us, right? We gotta show everybody how much we work out and our abs and all that stuff. We love the attention right? Some of you, I've seen your Instagram feeds. I've unfollowed some too. (laughs) Uh, But worship, worship is when we give us, give God our deepest affection. Worship, to worship something is to prize it above everything else in our lives to honor it as the thing of highest, highest importance. And not only that, but to live in such a way that our actions, you ready for this support the importance that we're claiming. In other words, if God is truly first in our lives, our actions are going to show that God is truly first in our lives. Somebody say amen to that. Right, And so true worship of God is when we love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. It's when we prize God above everything else and we put him first in our hearts. It, it has more to do with the posture of our heart than what's coming out of our mouths. Amen. And we could see this where Jesus rebukes uh, the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 15, verses eight through nine. He says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. In other words, hey, I can hear the words coming out your mouth, but your heart doesn't match up with it. Amen. You ever meet somebody like that? Their mouth is moving, but you know, like their heart. Speaks different. So Jesus is making it really clear here that worship is first and foremost about our hearts, the posture of our heart. And the Pharisees did, they, they did and said things that looked and sounded like worship, but they didn't truly love God from the heart. Their actions and words didn't please God because They weren't motivated by love. They were motivated by, by power and prestige and preferring themselves above other people. And this is why Jesus calls them whitewashed tombs. In other words, you look really good on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead man's bones. On the outside, you look real pretty. You look real religious. Wow, you got the three-piece suit on. But on the inside, it just looks like hell. And so Jesus is saying, hey, I want the inside to match what the outside is doing. And as a matter of fact, I'm more concerned with what's going on in your heart than what you're projecting on the outside. And so our lives Every word, every activity of our lives should be done in such a manner that God is honored, that our lives reflect the character of Christ. And so, you know, our character, our character, your character, my character is who we are when we're alone in the dark. That's your true character. Your true character, my true character is who we are when nobody's watching. When we think that nobody sees and it's in that space that we have to ask ourselves, am I going to live a life that honors God? Am I going to do the right thing or am I going to dishonor God? Am I going to honor God in my business dealings? Uh, Am I going to... um, Am I going to honor God with, with the people that, that are in my business dealings? Am I, even if it costs me money, even if it costs me uh, way more than it should, am I going to pay my taxes, right? A hundred percent of my income. Am I going to pay my taxes? And Jesus said, render unto Caesar what Caesar's. And the fact of the matter is, is that's character. Am I going to have one set of books or am I going to have two set of books? I, I got some a friend with me that was uh, the first board member of Ocean's Church, David Dennison, and he has a, uh, an amazing company that audits ministries across the across the world. And he's with us this morning, visiting from the Waters Church. And he's the guy that um, got us set straight and kept me straight and got us all going in the right direction. And I'm so excited to have you guys here this morning. Thank you for serving so well. Um. But in, in my business dealings, am I going to do the right thing? On, on my social media platform, am I going to live in such a way that glorifies God? Yeah. You know who you are. Like you're you're posting. Are, are are you posting content for Jesus to be magnified, or are you posting content so people can lust after your body? Hallelujah. Hello. Well, I'm just doing my workouts. I'm just doing. I got a camera right here, and I'm doing squats. With my yoga pants on, Amen. guys. <laughs> you too ladies. Like, listen. Uh, listen, modest is hottest, baby. Woo! Like, listen. Yeah. Don't do something that's gonna cause your brother or your sister to stumble. Bro, if you, listen, we know that you're ripped. We know that you're jacked. We know that you got washboard abs. I never had them. I'm jealous of you. But listen, like stop taking pictures like this, you know, with your bedroom eyes, you know, and putting it out there in social media. Amen. Nobody wants to see that. Amen. You're a child of God. Live like it. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. Is this too hard? Is this too much? Yeah. In my social inbox, the stuff that I'm sending out of my inbox to people that's, am I honoring God with what's coming in and going out of my inbox? Am I honoring people? Am I honoring my spouse? Am I deleting text messages that I'm sending to somebody else so my spouse doesn't see it? God sees it. Am I going to live with integrity? Am I going to honor my word even if it is to my own pain? Worship is doing the right thing. It's doing the right thing, even if we knew no one would ever find out. You know true worship is living a life that is fully submitted to the obedience of Christ. Every action, every part, the words are meditation our thoughts, our intentions, our actions, every part of our lives is either bringing glory to God or yes, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Or, or, or bringing a reproach on the gospel if you tell people that you're a believer. John fourteen twenty one says, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And if we come to church on Sundays, but we don't obey the commands of God, then we're not worshiping God. If we're doing the mechanics of worship, coming here, singing songs, but our character and our integrity and what we're doing in the private doesn't line up with our lips on Sunday morning, then we're not loving God. We're not worshiping God. If we come here, and, but we don't obey his commands, then we're, we're not worshiping. Obedience to God is an outward sign of a heart that prizes God above everything else in our lives. And he desires to have our hearts, our hearts. And he desires that our hearts would remain pure and separate from the things of this earth. Paul says, come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you, says the Lord. You know, to be pure in heart really means to have an undivided heart, a heart that is unmixed like metal without alloy in its most precious state. It means singleness of mind. It means loving God and serving him and desiring him with a pure heart. And so here's the central idea this morning. The central idea is our goal and desire should be to have an undivided heart that is devoted to Jesus Christ above everything else. Our goal and our desire in life should be to have an undivided heart that is devoted to Jesus Christ above everything else. Above everything, to have an undivided heart This should be our goal, the goal of our life. When we have a pure, single-minded focus on Jesus, the result is a life of worship. Isn't that good? When we have a pure, single-minded focus on Jesus, the result is a life of worship. Every aspect of our lives is worship. When you go to work tomorrow morning, you're not working for man. You're working unto God. That's right. Listen, your boss might be a cotton-headed nitty-muggins, right? <laughs> but, but listen, you're not working for the man. You're working for the, for the man, right? Yes, and so like when you go, like don't say, hey, I'm, I'm not gonna give it my best today because my boss is a jerk. No, God sees that. And we are to work as unto the Lord. We are to bring our best every single time. Yes. And then when we walk into work, the atmosphere in work should transform simply because we showed up because we're carriers of the presence of God and we advance the kingdom of God. And if we're living from the mind of Christ, we are expanding the kingdom of God, wherever we're going, every step of our foot there, the kingdom of God is. And so let's, let's begin to elevate our focus, our, our vision, Off of the things of this world, onto heavenly things, to be heavenly minded, to put on the mind of Christ, which leads to life and peace and godliness. Amen? Amen. In James, chapter 1, verse 8, James says, um, he's talking about a double-minded man. And he says that this double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, in every way of his life. He's unstable. You ever meet somebody like that, that is just, they're double-minded, that they want to serve God, but they they still want to live out here. Uh, They're just like, they're miserable. They're like, it's literally like um, going in two separate directions. The word for double-minded literally means two souls. This this is a person trying to go in two different directions at the same time. They're trying to live with one foot in Christ and one foot in the world and they got just enough of the world in them that they're miserable in their relationship with Christ and his church and just enough Christ in them that they can't be happy in the world. Have you ever met somebody like that? They're just miserable. They're that religious person that is just miserable that, that they're kind of straddling the fence they become like a spiritual schizophrenic, divided, a two-souled person. I want to say this, that God desires our hearts to be undivided. He wants your full heart. Yeah. That's what he's after. He's after your full heart. Amen. Matthew chapter 22, this has kind of been the theme um, verse for us in this series. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I love this. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, everything in the Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, boils down to this passage right here, to love God with every part of us and to love people who are created in the image and the likeness of God Amen. as we love ourselves. And this is what God asks of us, and, and to love God and to love people. And though this sounds simple and it sounds clear. It's incredibly hard to live out, isn't it? When you're driving down 98, it's really hard to live out this scripture in July, right? When all the tourists come in and they're like driving, like the rules don't apply to them and they're going over the medians and they're cutting you off and, and you just want to, you just want to scream and cuss at them. But the Holy Spirit's like, don't say that, baby. Don't, don't say that. Guilty. Yeah, so am I. I'm guilty of that. Like, man, I've said some things on 98 Like, I should be ashamed of. And I've repented, and I have repented many times over. This is why I don't have an Ocean's Church sticker on my vehicle. <laughs> you think I'm joking. Because... <laughs> You know, you could take a guy out of New York, but you can't take New York out of a guy. I'm just like. All the law of the prophets, the entire book hangs on this passage. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. It's incredibly difficult to walk out, isn't it? When when people say things about you and you hear, when people break their word, When people intentionally decide to cause you pain, when somebody rips you off, when somebody sows discord in a friendship, and before you know it, that friendship is lost because of somebody else, that's painful. It's hard to love people like that. It's hard to love people that take advantage of you. Even when you're, trying, you're doing your best to serve God and love people, it's really hard to walk these two out. The, the entire Bible is summed up in this right here. Love God with every part of you and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and you, you, guess what? You don't get to choose who your neighbor is, right? Everybody's your neighbor. Everybody's your neighbor. To love God and worship him with every part of me and to love people as myself means that, you ready for this? I'm gonna have to die. I'm gonna have to die to my selfish desires. I am going to have to place God first and I'm going to have to prefer others above myself. And to be honest, there are times when I don't wanna do that. There are times where I do don't want to put others ahead of me. There are times where I don't want to do what God wants me to do. There are times when I don't, when I want to do my own thing, when I want to be selfish, when I want to be prideful, when I want to be rude, you know, when I don't want to love my neighbor, when I don't want to be obedient. But Jesus tells us that if we want to be his disciples, that we must deny ourselves daily, pick up our cross And follow him to live a crucified life, dead to sin, but alive to God. And I'm not talking about the the little cross around your neck either. The cross that Jesus is talking about here is any place where your will crosses God's will. This is an area of your life that needs to be crucified and buried in Christ so it can be redeemed and experience resurrection power. Any area of your life where your will crosses the will of God, where you don't want to do the will of God, where you would rather do your own will, that's a place in your life that needs to be crucified and come unto unto the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? And the fact of the matter is, is none of us are exempt from this. None of us. And you might say, well, Jesus and I, we got an understanding. Like, you know, I'll meet up with Jesus later on. I'm going to just do my own thing. No, you and Jesus don't have an understanding. Like the word of God applies to you. The same rules apply to everyone. Okay, you're not exempt from this. Well, I could, you know, I could just shack up with my girl, you know, and, you know, Jesus is good with that. No, he's actually not. He's not. I can go get crap-faced drunk at the bar and show up at church. Jesus is cool with it. No, he's not. He's not. Listen, I'm not trying to be legalistic, but listen, there's there's things in the word of God, listen, that he requires that we follow and we are obedient to his word. Why? Because his word brings life and he loves us enough and the, the law is there to reveal sin to us I understand that we're not under the law, we're under grace, but should we continue in sin that the grace of God may abound? No, we shouldn't. And so he tells us that if we're not willing to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him, then we're not worthy to be called his disciples because his dis- a, 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 a disciple's life is marked by obedience unto God. Yes, amen. This is what the apostle John says in 1 John 2. He says, and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. If you say that you know God, but you're not keeping his commandments, you don't know him. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. Is a what? What? And the truth is not in him. In other words, you can't disobey God and say that you love him. You can't willfully sin and say that you love him. You can't. Because the apostle John, the the, the words of the apostle tell us that we cannot say that we love God and continue to sin... Because if we, if we say that we love him, but we don't keep his word, we're a liar and the truth is not in us. And we're not walking in the light, we're walking in darkness and we are deceived. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected by this. We may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. In other words, If we say that we are in God, if we say that we are children of God, then we must live like Jesus lived. And you can't do it in your own strength. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can. The Holy Spirit was given to us. And the empowering of the Holy Spirit I'm not talking about the the Holy Spirit that you receive upon salvation. That is a spirit of regeneration where God breathes into you and you go from death to life. I'm talking about the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit that happened in Acts chapter 2. And we see where the power of God was poured out upon the church. To what? Be witnesses. The same apostle that was denying Jesus three times running from a little girl was the same apostle that once was baptized in the whole, that after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he began standing and preaching the word with power and authority in the center of Jerusalem. You need the Holy Spirit. Have you asked for the Holy Spirit? You may have the spirit of regeneration. You might be saved, but do you have the the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Th- this, is re- this is so, I'm telling you, So necessary to be empowered to walk out this Christian life. And I've said this before you know, listen, do I need the Holy Spirit to like, you know, do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to, you know, get through life and get to heaven? You need the Holy Spirit to go through Walmart, okay? (laughs) say that you're in God we have to walk in the same way in which he walked it's easy to say God I love you but it's much harder to love your enemies it's easy to come in and sing songs and bless God but it's much harder to bless someone who's trying to destroy your name and reputation and yet God requires both A.W. Tozer wrote this the final test of love is obedience not sweet emotions, not willingness to sacrifice, not zeal, but obedience to the command of Christ. And and so the true worshipers, the true disciples are those who are not only hearers of the word, but they're doers of the world. And they desire to walk and live as Jesus and live. They desire to have an undivided heart that is devoted to Jesus above everything. When we have a pure, single-minded focus on Jesus, the result is a life of worship. And God is after your heart. And you might say, well, my heart is good. God knows my heart. And to that, I'll say, yes, he does know your heart. And his word says that our hearts are desperately wicked and deceitful. And we don't even know our own heart. And your heart has deceived you and your heart will deceive you. The heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful. It's selfish. It's prone to wander. It's prone to sin. It's prone to rebel against God. And you can't fix your own heart, but God can. And he could take the hardened heart and give you a heart of flesh. And he could take that rebellious spirit out of you and put a new spirit in you, a spirit that is empowered to live and follow after Jesus Christ. And the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of this love letter to us is that he has seen our hearts as sinful and broken as they are. He's seen us at the worst and he still loves us. And there's nothing that we could do to separate us from his love. It's a radical love. But have you received him? Have you accepted the sacrifice of Jesus? Because we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised this afternoon. We're living on a borrowed breath. The reason you're breathing is because the Ruach breath of God is, is causing your lungs to exhale and inhale. Maybe, just maybe, you're not breathing, but you're being breathed in too. It's the breath of God that sustains you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, God desires a relationship with you. And and he wants a relationship with you says today's the day of salvation he's saying that tomorrow you're not promised tomorrow and god gives all men a space of repentance and i want to say this god doesn't send people to hell hell was not created for man it was created for satan and his angels he doesn't send people to hell men choose to go to hell because they choose to reject the sacrifice of jesus He came to seek and save all that were lost. And he loves you and wants a relationship with you. And if you want a relationship with him, and you want to know that your life is in the Lamb's book of life, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just put your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Praise God. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let's pray this. Jesus, come into my heart. I recognize my sin before you. I recognize my need for you. I receive your sacrifice. You are my savior. You are my Lord. And today I choose to surrender my life to you. Lead me, Lord, in the paths of righteousness that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Lord, I love you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that today I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate that today. Yes, Lord. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook or Instagram for updates, service info, and ways to get involved here at Ocean's Church. Be sure to give this episode a rating as it allows us to connect more people to Jesus. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again soon.